to another episode of Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. I'm the Gnarly Gnome. Uh, you know what you're doing here. We're here to talk about beer. We're here to talk about uh, everything that's going on in Cincinnati beer, which this week is a whole lot. Uh, it's gotten kind of crazy as of tonight. I'm recording this uh, Sunday night at 11.30 p.m., so... Um, the show is supposed to post at midnight, and I'm determined to have this done by then. But I needed to uh, to do this the right way if I'm going to talk about everything that's been going on. And uh, it's been it's been a day. That's that's the easiest way to put it. I started putting this episode together um, a few days ago, and it was going to be very different than it ended up being. I sat down with the folks from Brewgooder and um, Abby Scott from from Brewgooder. She um, took some time to to record a quick interview with me earlier this week before all hell really uh, broke loose, and we uh, we talked about what they're doing. They they're a uh, a nonprofit that is uh, geared to bring. Uh, clean water to people who don't have clean water, which is a um, a very good cause and something that is worthy of having a whole show dedicated to it. And that was kind of the intention. But um, then here, here we are in a world where now every one of our local bars and restaurants has been shut down um, due to the, the, the coronavirus. And how do we not talk about that if we talk about local beer? So... That's, I guess, where where we're going to go with the show. We're going to start with the uh, um, the Brewgooder interview, and we're going to talk about the Clean Water Initiative that they have. No, we're not going to. We're, we're first. We're going to start. Um, we're going to drink a beer because um, after a day like today, that's I feel like what we need to be doing. So, um, I cracked open a can of the uh, the German Irish Lager from Westside Brewing because it. It sounded good, and it was in the fridge, and um, yeah, why not? So um, this is a amber lager-ish. I mean, no, it, it it is an amber lager, but um, the the German Irish thing I think is interesting. So the brewery's description says it's our tribute to Cincinnati's heritage of both Irish and German immigrants. This mashup takes the malt recipe of a classic classic Irish red. Um, our German lager yeast and a mix of both traditional German and Irish hops to create a deep amber lager with light caramel and toffee flavors in a dark, clean finish. So it's five and a half percent, 18 IBUs, a nice, easy drinking, uh, red ale. And, uh, that's, that's exactly what it is. It's a little dark. It, uh, definitely is malty and sweet and, uh, and bready and, delicious it's perfect for what i need to just kind of have a beer tonight where i can wrap up the night with something that i can uh, put away a couple of so well done good beer and like i said exactly what we need for uh for this week and uh to get us through all of this st patrick's day happens happens this week and it's not going to be what we all remember the uh the holiday of being around cincinnati there's not going to be a lot of rubbing elbows and um getting out and drinking in the way we always used to it's going to be different this year so We'll talk about that. We'll get there. Uh, first, let's let's jump into this interview um, with Abby Scott. Um, 
which is honestly it it really does deserve um its own episode um brew gooder is from scotland you'll pick up on her fantastic accent very quickly and uh we'll talk about who they are and what they do and how this all uh how this all ties back to cincinnati and we're not going to talk about coronavirus in this one but we'll actually i think we mentioned it but um we'll get there we'll talk about it in uh, in just a minute um so here listen to this and uh i'll be right back in a second since brewcast the voice of since craft abby scott from brew gooder um welcome to the show coming this is easily the longest interview that we have done on the show normally we're just talking to people from around cincinnati um you are definitely not from around cincinnati (laughs) (laughs) scheduling this interview (laughs) was uh was interesting because um the time change (laughs) and you guys are what we we decided four hours right now ahead of us four hours yeah Um, usually five though so Welcome to Cincinnati via um, via uh, interview, I guess. <laughs> Thank you. It's, it's wonderful to virtually be here. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's start uh, from the beginning. What is mm-hmm. Brewgooder? Um, so Brewgooder are a Scottish non-profit beer brand. So we're technically some people call us a charity, some people call us a social enterprise. And uh, basically, a hundred percent of our profits go to clean water projects in Malawi. So we build well. We uh, repair wells, rehabilitate, essentially um, trying to bring clean water access. Um, Our mission is to bring clean water access to one million people. We launched in 2016. So our founder is Alan Mahan. And basically, when he was a bit younger, he was traveling across Asia and he got sick um, due to waterborne um, disease and kind of you know, he, he came home and he got better straight away um, because of the treatment that was available to him. But he couldn't quite shake that feeling that there was, you know, millions of people out there that were constantly having to drink this water and, and were constantly getting ill and their lives would be significantly shorter than his because they didn't have that access to resources, to clean water and to be able to get well better. And that's kind of how Brigadier came about. So 2016, uh, did you guys only work with uh, BrewDog that year? That, that first year? Yeah. So pretty much in, until about now, um, we have been solely raising money based on one beer. So we don't have a brewery ourselves. So as you rightly said, we contract brew with BrewDog um, over in Scotland and they brew our clean water lager for us um, at cost price. So they don't charge us any extra than it costs them to make. Um, and we, we sell the beer um, and Yep, all the profits go to our charity cause. My favorite part about craft beer, well, one of my favorite parts about craft beer, the beer itself is pretty good, but um, the the ability to to give back to something from you know that's that's a core part of what makes breweries so special. Be it um, a, a cause just in their own neighborhood or something like this, something that is worldwide, just a huge huge issue, something that we don't think about often you know we just walk upstairs and you need a glass of water you just crank on your tap and and drink it um that's not the case in the rest of the world and to to have a brewery that's able to partner with um somebody like you guys to uh to to help that cause somehow um it's it's a massive cause a massive undertaking um but i hope people understand that 
little bits at a time make a huge, huge difference. And especially when you can, when you can partner up, what is it? 250 ish breweries plus, is that what the (laughs) the count is? Yeah. Um, So yeah, basically, um, yeah, the campaign we have right now, the global gathering campaign. So obviously when Alan first started Brigadier, um, the reason, you know, he had the illness um, and he knew he wanted to help with clean water. And at the same time, he was really getting into his craft beers and he could see like the power of the craft beer community and how it can be a force for good. And that's the kind of, that's the angle we really go with it. Um, with Brugger, it's all about collaboration. Um, it's all about community uh, and community spirit and what that can really do. So um, with the gathering, the global gathering, so we kind of we launched it in November and basically we're asking breweries across the world um, to sign up and essentially brew a unique beer, uh, which will all simultaneously launch on March the 20th, which is over World Water Day weekend, which is the 22nd. Um, and each brewery is basically launching their beer um, and donating uh, profits to the Brugger Foundation. Uh, so each brewery, I think, is um, committing to a minimum of about £500, which is about $700. Um, and it's, it's great. It's been amazing to see what the different breweries are doing. Some breweries are really going all out. There's there's a brewery um, in Yorkshire in England, and they're having a whole Yorkshire like water party. So they've got <laughs> ten of the other like breweries involved. There's going to be a TP with like gin and prosecco as well. They're putting on like bouncy castles for kids and all this <laughs> sort of thing. So it's like a huge fundraiser. Loads of the breweries are doing like tap takeovers. So not only are they launching their own beer, but they're bringing in beers that other breweries have made specifically for the event as well. So um, we think it's going to be a world record for the largest simultaneous launch of beers for the same purpose which is pretty cool um do you know currently what the biggest collaboration kind of like that is we don't we need to uh, we we, we do need to sense check it but we're pretty (laughs) confident i I can't i've i've never heard of something uh, especially when you talk worldwide i I, i've never heard of something like this being done before so so we've had there's 254 breweries signed up across 173 cities in 24 countries. Good Lord. Uh, so locally, we've got Ryan Guy signed on very quickly with you guys. Um, mm-hmm. We've got up in uh, Columbus, BrewDog, of course, um, are the, the United States headquarters, I guess, is, is down the street <laughs> from us, basically. Um, they're obviously signed on Land Grant, Wolf's Ridge, uh, Seventh Sun, that's I think the the closest kind of pocket of breweries that are doing something for us, and yeah, it could be lots of different things that you you guys have kind of left it up to the breweries to brew something that represents them and can um, they know their customers and know what people mm-hmm. that walk into their tap room drink. So um, it will all have some kind of brew good or branding alongside it to where you know that that's what it is when you walk into one of those tap rooms. Um, I'm curious, and I don't know if you know the answer to this, if um, mm-hmm. BrewDog will be releasing packaging of the, uh, was it the clean water lager? Is that what you said it's called? Um, so, Clean Water Lager is our sort of core beer um, that BrewDog contract brew for us in the UK. So, BrewDog for the Global Gathering are brewing a 4% session New England IPA. Um, I believe it's called Wishing Well. So, our kind of um, 
fun thing we wanted to do was to get all the breweries so we gave them a kind of rough theme so the theme was water for the design um so we've asked them to kind of try and use um brewgooders colors so it's kind of like an orange and a blue so loads of the breweries have been posting online like with the name of their beer and their and their can design or their their um like their pump label design, mm. um, which has been really cool. Um, unfortunately, Bruno Gearsay are not canning their beer. It's keg only, and then, but I know it's going to be in all of um, their American bars, which is very exciting. Um, and I'm kind of jealous I'm not there to try it, actually. <laughs> One of the bars which we do have in Cincinnati, in addition to the actual brewery in Columbus. So there's there's lots of places to try this and lots of, uh, yeah, lots so of fun opportunities. Yeah, it definitely be on there. Um, so uh, this is, is this the, uh, the turnout for the collaboration? Is it what you guys expected? Did you, uh, is it more than what you thought you would get out of this or, um, that's, that's a tough kind of undertaking to reach out to literally the world and be like, Hey, (laughs) if if anybody wants to make this, like that's tough. Yeah. Um, so originally, um, so I'm actually pretty new to the Brigadier team. Funnily enough, I used to work for BrewDog. Um, so I, you know, I've, I've been close to the Brigadier team and I've known all about the cause, but I'm, I'm the kind of newest member of the Brigadier team. So I only joined in January. And at that point, obviously they'd already had about 200 breweries signed up um when they first launched i think uh they had this idea in their head of of 500 breweries but i think that was probably a bit um you know a bit of a daydream a bit unrealistic um i mean it would have been great but to be honest i think if we'd had 500 i think we wouldn't have known what to do with ourselves (laughs) like i mean 200 so we're a team of um of about five um plus a freelancer who works a couple days a week for us so to look after, you know, we're doing our best to account manage 250 breweries. Um, and that's a lot when you're, you know, chasing breweries to try and find out what beer they're making and, and making sure, you know, um, everyone's putting events up or whatever. You know, everyone's been so amazing by by signing up to this. So, you, you know, you don't want to you don't want to chase and like hang people, but you want right. to just make sure that that it's going to be launched in the best way it can possibly be across the world. Um, so I think 250 for the first year is the perfect number. I think it's a, a big enough number to make a, a great impact, um, but not too big that we're struggling to handle it. <laughs> I think, um, Alan, we're already looking at the gathering 2021. Alan's got me writing lists of breweries that I would love to reach out to who weren't involved this year. So if any breweries in Cincinnati are listening, <laughs> holla holla. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I can definitely, I can definitely connect anybody with you guys. Anybody that is listening Amazing. that wants to be a part of this, I can definitely Abby make that connection. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, it, it is definitely planned to be a yearly thing every year to kind of do this and keep growing this of what this is right so i think at the moment we're definitely looking at 2021 probably 2022 and then i think we'll see where we get to after that um i think the great thing about this is that it doesn't necessarily have to grow in numbers every year i mean if you look at how many breweries are in america we only have 21 american breweries signed up this year we could reach out to like 500 breweries for next year and then 500 fresh ones the year after without needing to have any of the same breweries taking part so as much as we would love it to like get bigger and bigger every year and we think it will i think i think we'll easily we'll hopefully easily get 500 next year and then who knows what we'll get the year after um there's just so many different ways we can do it we're already looking at next year 
different av- um, avenues of of how we do the gathering. So you know, this year is predominantly well, it's it's all breweries, but then who's to say that next year? Why can't we include homebrewers? You know, doing making their own little homebrews and having little home parties and, and raising money that way. And you know, there's a lot of things we wanted to walk before we could run. And there's a lot of things we wanted to do this year that we've decided to to not do or to do in very small um, measures to sort of trial it and then basically get bigger and better next year. Next year is going to be phenomenal already. Like from the amount of sort of contacts we've made this year. It's all like, let's talk about next year. Let's talk about next right. year. So, yeah, we're really excited. As long as this year goes to plan. <laughs> there's there's so many uh, potential roads you could go down with it, too, with, with actual events, you know, in different parts mm-hmm. of the country, different things that are being thrown on that weekend, different w- ways to raise money. Um, for, mm-hmm. for people that are here in the States that do kind of, th- that do believe in this cause, um, I know you guys on, on your website have lots of fun things that people can do to help um, give money and, and get some stuff in return. But um, obviously that's a little more difficult for us over here. Um, what mm-hmm. can people do to help that isn't just, you know, obviously go out and drink this beer um, on the, the 20th? Yeah, so um, all of, most of the breweries um, have set up their own Just Giving pages, um, so you can directly to the Just Giving page if you want to just make a donation, or Burger or have their own Just Giving page for the gathering, so you can donate straight into that. Um, and it doesn't matter what currency you're donating in. So you can, it's, it's as simple as making a donation if you want to make a donation. Um, or, you know, if you want to do something yourself, we're, we're, we're welcoming it. So you could create your own Just Giving page and just decide to raise money amongst your friends. So I've created my own page. I'm raffling off some, I have an enormous stash of beer and I cannot <laughs> drink it all. So I decided to raffle off um, some of my beers and I've managed to raise um, just under £1,500. Um, and that's simply from just having some beers, putting a post online saying, hey, guys, and I'm doing this raffle. I'm raising money for Brigadier and people are donating and have a chance to win the beers. I know it's not quite as easy as in America because you have lots of laws about how you can send right. alcohol. Um, but people are doing, you know, sponsored fun runs, sponsored cycles, sponsored hikes. Um you know, having a bottle share at a bar, but charging for it, doing a pub quiz. You know, there's there's so many things. It's just like you would raise money for anything, really. Like, at the end of the day, Brigadier, our charity, um, and any way you want to raise money is is amazing. And we, we welcome anyone who, who wants to get involved. And, you know, if you have a particular idea or if you need any support at all, then you can always get in touch with us and, and we're more than happy to, to do what we can to help you. Fantastic. If people want to know more, what are the best places to go to uh, to learn more? Um, so you can go to our website at um, www.brigadier.com. Um, you know, we're on all the socials, Facebook, Insta, at Brigadier, you know, the usual. Um, or feel free to drop me an email directly. It's abby, A-B-B-Y, at Brigadier.com. And we'll put links to everything in uh, in the show notes, so make it easy for uh. people. Well, thank you very much. I uh, I appreciate you making thank a few you. minutes at the end of your day to uh, to sit down <laughs> with me for a little bit. <laughs> no, it's, it's been great. I'm uh, I'm really excited to see what all the breweries near you guys um, have planned for the event. This is the exciting part: is that right now we don't know what beer everyone's making. Right. Most of, a lot of them have said, but because there's so many breweries and you know everyone 
we appreciate the breweries all have their own things going on as well. So although we're like, can you can you tell us now what you're doing? Like, you know, they might have like five other beer launches before we get to this one. So we're all kind of excitedly waiting. Um, and as I say, there's 21 breweries across America uh, doing it. Uh, and we're really excited to see what they all do. And we're excited to hopefully see a lot more American breweries sign up next year as well. Absolutely. That's that's my goal for next year for you guys is to get more Cincinnati breweries involved. I want Cincinnati yeah. to actually make some kind of a blip on your radar and be like, why is there so many breweries here in the United <laughs> States doing this? <laughs> It'd be so cool. I actually... Um, I have I have a few friends around the Cincinnati area, or I know a lot of people have been to Cincinnati um, with with Brewdog when they did that big right. trip. I'm not sure you heard about it. Oh. Um, so yeah, like uh, I mean, Urban Artifacts—they're on my radar. Come on, guys! <laughs> <laughs> I wish you could get some of their beer over there. They're done some incredible oh, stuff. Man. That's actually what I'm yeah. drinking right now. It's uh, oh, this really? is uh, a double the gadget. It's a raspberry and blackberry Midwest fruit tart, oh. but a double Midwest fruit tart. So it's 10% oh, uh, alcohol loaded with uh, fresh raspberries and blackberries. It's freaking oh, delicious. Jealous. <laughs> well, yeah. So I've been writing up a list of breweries I want to uh, contact for next year and i've got a lot of cincy ones on my list so fingers crossed with your guys help we'll get them all on board absolutely <laughs> well thank you very much <laughs> you're very welcome okay so thank you again to abby scott from brewgooder for taking a few minutes out i'm really sorry that this this week happened to uh, to fall the way it did and that you get lumped into this this other thing that's going on in the show but coronavirus covid19 whatever the hell we're calling it is um consuming what everybody is talking about and and maybe rightfully so but uh we're here and we're stuck in the middle of it and i thought it was pretty appropriate that we um we talk about it so that's exactly what we're doing we're we're talking about it um I sat down with a couple different people to try to get a grasp on what this means for a brewery and for our local breweries. Um, I did a quick phone call with Jake Rouse from Braxton, who uh, you got to put this into context a little bit. This was earlier in the week when uh, nobody had, well, not Ryan Geist had closed down and Sam Adams had closed down and that was it. Um, And they closed down voluntarily and nobody really knew what that meant for uh, for everybody else. So um, I talked to uh, to Jake about Braxton and what their plans were, what they were doing, and what all of this meant for us. And then um, I ran over to uh, to Fibonacci to talk to Betty about uh, what they were doing over there because they had a, kind of a, a unique approach that they were doing um, then, and I mean, and now also. But um, well. Uh, you listen to it. So here we go. Let's head over to uh, the phone call with uh, Jake from Braxton and talk about them and how they are handling all of this or how they were handling all of this before um, all hell broke loose. If hypothetically you had to shut down all of your tap rooms, like that would be devastating, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't really even know how to think about that, to be honest. Right. I, like we, we made the decision today to stay open, uh, cause we felt like it was the right one. And, you know, at the end of the day, all, all that matters right now is that 
is is really the health of our employees, the health of our customers, and the health of, of essentially everyone that can that can interact with with whatever this is, right? And and so, you know, when we start thinking about all these different scenarios, we we kind of made the decision today as a group at Braxton to say we're, we're just going to react to to what is being told to us. You know, it's it's changing almost by the minute. Um, you know, I mean, yesterday was was bad. Today was worse. Like, who knows what tomorrow will bring? Right. And so, and so, we're just going to monitor it. I mean, I, I I don't think anybody really understands the full, you know, the the full intricacies of what this is or what this will do. But we'll react accordingly. I mean, it's it's not like at the end of the day, Noam, if, it's not like we're going to have a choice. If, if we have to close, we have to close. Like we'll, we'll deal with the consequences. Like, um, are you serving out of plastic cups now? Are you, we're not, we're, I mean, and honestly, we're still using glass, but I mean, we sanitize every right, glass. Right, so right. we, we feel really good about that. I mean, some of the things that we did is, you know, we, we took one of our, one of our, uh, front of house team members and at every facility or staffing someone whose sole responsibility is to, essentially just clean to, to clean up after tables that get up to make sure glasses are clean, to make sure bathrooms are clean, to sanitize. And, uh, and, and that so that's, that's working shifts, right throughout the day. It doesn't have to be the same person that's running around sanitizing all day long. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, and you know, on, on top of that, it's, it's, you know, we're, we're not going to fill growlers brought into the brewery, but we'll still fill growlers and hours of, of our own because, those go through the same sanitization processes as any of our glasses. So, right. you know, I, I, I again, I, I think that what we're just trying to do is essentially, uh, essentially create a space and, and kind of what I, what I said today and the way I phrased it was, we feel that it's important to keep producing a product in a space to escape. Right. Like, I mean, it, it you know, there, there's no doubt that you can't, you know, you can't turn on any media coverage and, and hear anything else other than this. And, and rightfully so. I mean, it's a global pandemic. It's a, it's a massive, massive issue that no one fully understands. So we're just going to keep playing it by ear and see what happens. We're going to do everything we can to be as ready as possible for whatever is, is told to us by federal, state, and local officials. And that's that's all we can do. Um, you know, what, what comes from that, I, I have no idea. Like, I, I can't speculate. I mean, there's, there's a million different scenarios, right? And, and so I think that, I think that we're going to see, I mean, we're just, we're going to have to see what happens and, you know, see how long this lasts and, and what the results are. But I can assure you that we're having daily conversations about it and, and sometimes twice a day conversations about it. We, we met on it this morning and this afternoon to determine what we wanted to do and, and we'll see. And, and, you know, it's, it's, I respect anybody's decision. I mean, Ryan guy's decision to close can makes complete sense. I, I understand it. It's, it's really just about what each individual business thinks is best because I don't think that there's, there really isn't a playbook or a handbook for, for how to manage in these situations. Now, without further ado, let's jump over to Fibonacci and talk to Betty about uh, how they are or were or are or whatever. Let's talk about what they're doing. How do you as a small business make that decision of when you, uh, 
when you see things happening around you to decide that you need to do something like how is how how do you make that decision so i think for me and i had mentioned it previously because i was in human resources and dealt with a lot of risk management i think you're always kind of planning for worst case scenario which sounds like a very negative place to be but it's also not Sounds stressful it can be stressful um I also haven't been in HR for a year, which has helped, but I do feel like I still have some of that mindset, right? So, you know, three weeks ago was very different than three days ago. And three days ago was, um, what are our plans B, C, D? Um, And I think, you know, we're always planning for that. And I also think in the restaurant hospitality industry, you are, because we have events just in general. So what if more people come than you expected? Or So to give people an idea, we're sitting in the tap room right now on Pi Day, your holiday. This is, you know, out of, you know, there are other places that have tried to claim this holiday, but this is a Fibonacci holiday. It's, it's Pi Day. There was supposed to be a big pie eating contest. If anybody has been here on Pi Day, you know that the tap room is filled with people with pile over their face and in their beards. And it's a, it's, it's one of your big days. And there's a handful of people in here still just kind of hanging out, but this is not what this taproom was supposed to look like today. That has an effect on you guys, right? Like that, I mean, maybe you don't until you look back at, you know, the, the numbers for, for this month or something. And then you look at it and you go, Oh yeah, that did have an effect, but this is not what today was supposed to look like. And I think, A lot of small businesses run with very small margins and knowing that we're all coming out of winter where things in January is the worst month of the year, you know, you're looking forward to and you're planning and you're working your business model based on future income. Um, And so I think for me, talking to Bob, my husband, three days ago, I was saying, can we open the drive? You know, just trying to brainstorm anything. What are options if people literally do not want to walk in the door of our business? Um, because we rely on events and we rely on sales direct to consumer from our business. <clears throat> and being like, okay, maybe the drive through is an option. Um, and then second to that, saying maybe delivery is an option. When when I want people to understand the the bigger picture of what this means for breweries, and you know specifically because that's who we talk about. But you've got a place like like Rheingeist that can say on a on a Thursday or whatever it is, oh, tap rooms closed. Where that's that's how we're handling this. You know, everybody goes home. We. Uh, if you want to drink our beer, go to go to Kroger and get a six pack, and and that's it. And that works for them because the majority of the money that's coming in for them to keep that business running is coming from those stores already. Yes, their their tap room generates a ton of money, and it, it, it's going to hurt, and they're going to see it, and they're going to look at it and be like, oh, that sucked. But it's not going to shut down Rheingeist if they have to close down their tap room. That might be different for some other bigger breweries around town, which, um, we, we talked to Braxton and that would definitely affect them. I haven't talked to Madry about it. I assume it would affect them very, very hard if they had to do that. But a place like Fibonacci or, 
any other number of breweries around town, if you had to close down your tap room for a lengthy time, it would destroy what this is unless you can find a way to um to supplement the business i guess and even then i don't know that if if the tap room closed down you could you could sustain it with that little drive-through window and and, <laughs> and bob scooting around town on a bike if that's what it meant <laughs> i don't know that that would i don't know that, that would that would make it work but it's a it's what you have to do when you're scrambling trying to find a way to uh to, to supplement, I guess, to, to, to do what you can do. Right. And I think, you know, this is a Band-Aid for now, right? Um, and I think everyone is kind of scrambling, thinking, what is next? What do we do? Um, and then, you know, when I'm listening to announcements yesterday and they're saying hey, but we're going to look out for the small businesses in this nation. We're going to work with the SBA and we're going to provide loans for those businesses. And I say, oh, please, can you give me a loan to pay my loans? Because that is a great business model. Um, So it's really just about being quick on your feet and trying to change direction as needed and keep things rolling i guess for now we all i think we all know that this is temporary this this craziness that's happening um get out there and and, and when's this show come out i don't know i think monday i think i don't know i'm confused with my time frames right now i don't know what day it is right now maybe by midnight tonight monday who knows i've i've never seen something like this happen um i see people and I get the uh, the need to uh, what socially distance whatever we're calling that where you just kind of hole up in your house and don't talk to people but I, I for the life of me I can't think that that is really helping this bigger picture of what what is going on right now the the problem isn't just that people are getting sick and, and it's it's becoming a bigger issue in our society and and, and I don't know I Hats off to you guys for trying to find a way to to to, um, to f- find your your place in all of this and uh, navigate these these really strange waters. I guess um, how did how did those conversations? I I know that from pretty early on. I think before the you guys were even open. You know that that drive-through window was there, and I, the conversation was there. Of hey, wouldn't it be cool if at some point we could we could have people just pull up and get their growler and go home? But how like with all of this, how did that conversation kind of happen between you guys? Of can we open that window? Can we do this right now to to give people another option? Yeah. So I feel like we knew we very easily could start serving out of that window. We very easily could start delivering. But we also had to make sure we were legally allowed. So then that was a conversation with the state who said we were legally allowed. And it then, might have just been good timing. They had bigger things on their mind and they were like, whatever, just leave us alone. We're trying to figure this out. <laughs> they did send back an exact um, legal from the revised code. So it was already in there. <clears throat> but um, 
you know, and then Bob is a software engineer, but we set up our system through using our current point of sale and it still took him 10 hours and to get it set up. As I've seen, it still doesn't work perfectly. <laughs> yes, correct. So like we might get an order and then we have to track it on our phone instead. Like it's not popping up on the square, um, but no worries to anyone. We can, <laughs> we're getting them get and there. we're seeing them. Um, so yeah, I just think that's kind of where we were at. We can make this happen. Um, and then we just continue to see, um, you know, and my thing was like, right now we can drive cars and do that, but we have a bicycle. And so worst case scenario, we drop delivery to a mile or something, um, you know, and we'll just keep taking it day to day. How does it change how you, uh, how you shape what this business is going forward and knowing that at any minute the state could say, Hey, you guys can't have a, a place where people are allowed to get together and be in the same room together, which could in theory destroy a place like this. The fact that the, the state can say that and just all of a sudden change everything about your livelihood the thing that sustains you guys and for a lot of places it sustains a lot of other families and people who this is their job and things like that like you know these businesses that that rely on small businesses these these people that rely on small businesses how does it affect um going forward how you kind of build this this framework of what you guys are as a company does that make sense yeah so i think um you know, we'll have to see. Maybe we can always keep the drive-thru open. Like, and maybe we do still continue to do delivery in the future. Well, we will not. <laughs> we will not be changing and doing the distribution the way that we said we're not going to do. Like, we're not going to be buying more property to can and bottle and be in Kroger. Um, and I think, too, you know, we've tried to be creative over the years by, like, diversifying income streams. So, like, Airbnb. Well, Airbnb is being hit drastically hard right now as a company globally. Um, we have people staying tonight. But even with that, right, so even that stuff is not a sure thing. So I saw the government hazmat suits when they came over. <laughs> right. Um, they were not. But even with that, you know, the government isn't saying Airbnb has to shut down, but people aren't traveling, you know, and these people actually were traveling and needed a place to stay. So they did not cancel. People next week have canceled. Um, I expect that'll just continue to happen. But it's, it's scary to me to think that the government could just say tomorrow, look, things are crazy. We're going to we're going to cut this back. If you uh, if you're going to travel, this is the only type of place you can stay at. Everything else you're not allowed to stay at right now because we don't have control over that. There's no regulations in place. We can't do that right now. It's done. And that can really affect people like not just like corporations and stuff like actual people who this is who this is. This is how they live. This is how they survive. This is their livelihood. Like that's that's a terrifying thought. And you guys have done really well in kind of spreading out what it means to be a nano brewery tucked in the middle of a one square mile city tucked into this this thing that's going on right now. 
um, not everybody has been that, uh, I don't know, that smart, that well planned out, whatever it is that, that, that lucky to, to, to give that forethought into what you are as a business. But, um, it's, it's terrifying to think that at any minute somebody could flip a switch and it could, it could destroy somebody. So I've been going through different feelings <laughs> all over the place. And right. then I'm literally talking to a, a friend, a person I know today who came to this country as a refugee from Cambodia. And she's talking about resilience and how they will adjust. They will adapt, you know, if their business, which is a small business that is run by them, which is already being affected, can't continue, has to, whatever. And that actually brought me some peace, thinking like, you know, you're right. We do adapt. We do, um, and we'll make it, however we make it. You know, it, it, personally, we will make it. So um, with the government shutting things down, though, like Bob three days ago, <laughs> because he's like you, and Bob's like, they can't do this. I can't believe, you know, this. there's no way this can't. And I said, it doesn't matter what you think and what you're saying they can or can't do. They're doing it. Well, And so we have to respond to what they're doing. Right. So it doesn't matter what we think about it right now. We have to respond. And this is what we're doing to respond today. Let's say this. Um, nobody expected this week to end up the way it has. I did not expect uh, this episode of the Brewcast to be the way it is, but we did what we can. We pieced it together and um, we're still going to keep talking about this for the next, uh, I don't know, foreseeable future until it um, gets back to normal, I guess, which I, I don't think normal is going to look the same as it did before, but whenever we get back to whatever that means, um, thank you guys for, for listening to another episode. Thank you for uh, supporting your local breweries while we can. And, um, still now, even though you can't go out and go to a restaurant or a bar, you can still get carry out. You can still get a growler or a howler or a crowler or whatever it is from your local tap room. And please, 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 please do that. Um, I cannot emphasize that enough do what you can to support these people who we all love and appreciate being in our community so do what you can to help them through this i know that there are a lot of places uh, facing some really difficult decisions with all of this um really really tough things happening so please get out there and support them and show them um that you do love them and are happy that they are still around if they are able to, uh, to weather the storm. Um, we're going to, if depending on when you're listening to this, if you're listening to it on Monday morning, we're live tonight on the weekly pint and we're going to keep talking about this and we're going to keep trying to figure it all out and to make sense of all of it and what we're supposed to do. So, um, tune into that and, uh, you know, I, I don't want to keep pushing, you know what I do and that you're supposed to subscribe and follow and all of that to this, but please do, um, help us help the people around us and help us help this community in whatever way we can. I don't really know what I do to help this sometimes, but, 
um, I, I do what I can, um, to the detriment of the world around me as my wife can attest to. Um, she's very patient on days like this where here I am at a, you know, midnight hold up in the basement trying to make a show that kind of grasps a little piece of what we're, um, what we're dealing with and what, what's happening around us. So, um, yes, thank you. And please keep supporting and, uh, We'll be back next week to keep talking about all of this because it doesn't go away. Um, you can't stop this thing that we've built in this community. You guys are uh, are fantastic, and whoever your local tapper is, they uh, I'm sure that they feel your love and um, would be more than happy to feel more of it right now. So go do that. We'll be back next week. This is, um, as you know, since he broadcast. Voices sense of craft. <laughs>